This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Mike Shope. Hey. I never get this line out the first time. It's not even good. Hey. Put a little... Put a little bit more in there, cowboy. And the bulldog. What's your degree in? Kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> On WGR Sports Radio 550. Turn the mic on first. That usually helps. Joining us now on the West Her Hotline is Eric Eager. Eric, I don't know if you were like keyed into the update there, but that's a lot of hockey right there for you. I don't know if you're into hockey, but you might have learned a lot right right then. Well, I don't bet that much football anymore now with my new job. So I feel like uh, if there is an edge to be had, uh, I'm I'm happy to bet that or the NBA at this point. We were talking about the Sabres in, in the first hour of our show and how promising their season is going. Like they've missed the playoffs 11 years in a row, which is not easy in hockey. And I was asking for tickets. Like anybody have any futures that are kind of maybe a little bit live? And what is the price? You know, and a few people sent. Plus fifteen thousand to win the Stanley Cup, and like wow, you know, ten to win fifteen hundred dollars, pretty good. So I went and looked at the odds today, and they're the same. A little bit depressing that they haven't moved at all. <laughs> well, I think Bills Bills fans they they had a similar experience this week where you know we at Sumer Sports uh, on Twitter tweeted out the 2024 Super Bowl uh, odds, and the Bills uh, as of like Monday or so. We're the favorite to win the Super Bowl again. Yes. So I think that that's kind of how these things go, right? One game doesn't really matter that much unless it's, you know, it, it, for the betters, but it matters a lot, obviously, for fans. You know, um, to, to just play off of that for a minute here, Eric, like, does that work? We're, we're talking about, um, you know, this season that got away here. Like, so- Sunday was a very bad day for them with all the expectations and everything, and it was not even really a close game. Uh, so one of the takeaways we've said or heard this week is at least they won't be the Super Bowl favorites again. Um, I don't know. Like, how how would you look at that at this point with all the changes? I mean, this season isn't even over yet, so I'm not sure how much you know this question, how much this question is worth. But do you think as we get to September that the Bills probably will be at or near the top of that list? Yeah, I mean, I think that all the all the same things that were true about the Bills going into this year. I mean, fundamentally, what, what, what did we learn? I mean, I think we learned that the defense maybe has a little bit of atrophy that we, uh, you know, weren't handicapping early on, namely the secondary isn't as good uh, as, as, you know, once protected, that, you know, Von Miller, uh, the injuries that he had, you know, for 2020, 2021, uh, they creep up 
in 2022, of course, uh, and, and you're not getting necessarily, uh, you know, the biggest bang for your buck there. Um, and, and, you know, I think that other than that, though, you know, Josh Allen on the offense is still pretty good. I think a, he had an injury this year that hurt him, I think, more than he let on. And maybe one more thing, which is that, you know, secondary receivers for the Bills did not step up as much as they have in recent seasons, and that really hurt them offensively. Diggs is still as good as he's, as he's always been, uh, but this is going to be, uh, you know, a little bit harder for them now that, you know, the Dawson Knoxes of the world and the, you know, the Gabe Davises, Khalil Shakirs are not necessarily as good uh, as maybe some of these secondaries in the AFC playoffs are. How how do you go about supplementing that? You just wait for the draft. The free agency doesn't look great. We talked a little bit about Paris Campbell yesterday, I think, as an idea for a slot guy. Um, like how how do you make sure you're improving your fastball? Because we we talked all season, Eric. I know I know you were on with us at least a couple of times around the station. Um, you know there there was concern growing as the year went on, and we heard Brandon Bean kind of echo that. Um, this week when he spoke, talking about how from really the buy on, which is a lot of the season, that they didn't really meet the thresholds they expected on offense. Those aren't his exact words, but it's basically the spirit of the thing. So, um, like, how how do I approach that with, you know, a $40 million quarterback on my roster? Yeah, that that's the really hard thing. I mean, Kansas City faced a similar thing last year, you know, um, Tyreek Hill, you know, his average depth of target went from like 12 and a half to 10, 10.5, I want to say, uh, or maybe it was like 12.9 to 10.5. Nonetheless, like they defenses made them change their offense. They struggled, uh, you know, and for them, they traded Hill and spread out the risk across the roster. Juju Smith-Schuster is one of the wide receivers available, maybe the best one uh, if the Bills want to go there in free agency. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who's you know been just a guy for them, uh, Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony in a trade like they've had, you know, they've had to spread out the risk, and you know they have one more yard per target per pass to a wide receiver this year than they did last year with Tyree Kill, which is a pretty impressive feat. Uh, I, I think when you are a team that you know has a quarterback on that big contract, the rest of your roster can't be too, uh, you know, strong link, right? Uh, the Chiefs have Chris Jones. They have Travis Kelsey. They have Patrick Mahomes. Everybody else is kind of a, ra- a rounding error to that team. Uh, you know, your Buffalo, you have Von Miller, of course, and then there's an injury there. I think if you had a similar injury to the Chiefs, let's say Kelsey or Chris Jones, I, I think the Chiefs are similarly yoked at this point to the Bills, right? They're probably out of the playoffs at this point. So, you know, you, you, you try to not have as many, uh, you know, um, strong links that can really hurt your team. Uh, and then you spread the risk out everywhere else. You trade back in the draft, uh, and and you sort of accumulate assets. The Chiefs' secondary this year they played four rookies all year uh, in, in the secondary, and Jalen Watson, you know, happened to beat out a fourth round guy, a seventh round rookie out of Wazoo, got an interception on Sunday. So, you know, the Chiefs I think are the model for the Bills. Um, the the problem is, and and I think this is where the, the the really hard part for Buffalo fans are. Even though the Bills have been about as good as the Chiefs the last two or three years. The Chiefs got the one ring out of it, and Buffalo doesn't. And so it made, makes a lot of sense for the Chiefs to sort of pull back and try to plan for the next three, four years. Uh, for mm-hmm. Buffalo, without that ring, like, I can see why the front office is like, okay, let's continue to shove in until we can get one. Uh, but that's kind of not really how it works. 
Right. We've talked about that. You and I, Eric, and with Bulldog, and just without you here all the time. Yep. <laughs> the, the difference, the, the major difference, I think it doesn't have to work like that, but it probably does, that the Chiefs' Super Bowl win afforded them, at least in terms of the public reaction, the, the quote, luxury of trading Hill. And the Bills would never have done that. Like, with the team they had with Diggs, they, they would never have done that. They end up extending him uh, instead at the time. So, speaking of wide receivers, another connection I feel like we have with you is the time you and I were talking and you went in on how strong wide receiver two is to, as, a, as something that correlates with winning in the playoffs. And I have to say, Bulldog will corroborate this. I've probably mentioned that to 20 people on this show. <laughs> like just all the different teams I can think of through the years that had that, that strong second wide receiver. And while I was maybe a little bit more worried about the Bills down the stretch than others, I, got, I felt better about it by Sunday because Davis had popped a little bit and it felt like maybe Davis had, you know, gotten there. But in the end, like... He had another big drop in this game. I mean, he wasn't irrelevant, but he's, he's not Devontae Smith, right? What Philadelphia has, or the Debo Kittle Ayuk combo, or even, well, definitely Cincinnati and their guys. So um, I guess I'm, I'm going to think that this season hasn't changed your view or, you know, the, the data on this point. Yeah, I think they have to be complimentary. I was reading a book called uh, Spaced Out about basketball, and it was really interesting how uh, they talked about how, you know, the game of basketball used to be the center always did certain things, always posted up, always was a rim protector, and then the small forward always did this. And, and, you know, nowadays, you know, your center doesn't have to be your tallest guy anymore. He just has to do, have certain things. And, 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 you know, the, the more players you have that fit together well, the sort of less fragile, the more resilient things are. And I, I fear sometimes for offenses where one wide receiver does everything. And that was the Chiefs last year. Hill was a great underneath guy. He was a great side-to-side guy. He was a great vertical guy. He was a great horizontal guy. Everything, he did everything well. But when Hill started to drop the football or when he started to get injured, and we saw that even at the end of the Miami season this year, the whole offense goes to put. You know, And, and when you look at offenses where – you know, Jamar Chase does the yards after the catch stuff. He also does the, you know, uh, the intermediate stuff. Higgins does the downfield and the, and the, big, and the big guy stuff. Tyler Boyd kind of does the underneath stuff. Kansas City is actually very definitive. Marquez Valdez-Scantling does the deep stuff. Juju does the, the, under, you know, the uh, underneath stuff. And Kelsey does everything. And, and, and you know, uh, Kadarius Tony does the horizontal stuff. And I think when you try to build a receiving core where, you know, you can get into – you know, in a 17-game season, you're playing 10 to 12 teams that aren't good enough to stop number one guy. But you get into the playoffs, and it's like, well, they're good at shutting down one or two things and, or, or one player, right? Like, they're good enough at bracketing one player where, like, if your offense depends on just that one player to make plays in the passing game, it's just going to be too uh, – it's going to be too fragile with respect to, to that game. And so I think that that's really – you know, when you think about building receiving court, and I think the Bills try. I mean, they drafted, you know, Marquez Stevenson, uh, Khalil Shakir, uh, you know, Gabe Davis. They, and they do a pretty good job of taking swings at that position. Obviously, Diggs, of course. Um, but it, they just have to probably throw more numbers at it, given that it hasn't been as successful as they wanted it to be in the, in the past. And, th- and those are all 
I think, if I'm not mistaken, day three picks, as was Diggs when he was drafted for what it's worth, and he's turned into obviously a, a, an absolute stud. So w- would you think throwing premium, more premium assets, you know, day one or day two pick at it is warranted at this point? Like if they kind of – yes, they've drafted some numbers – but have they also at the same time maybe been a little negligent about it considering what kind of team they are? I think so, but also, you know, wide receiver is one of those positions that is a premium position, but you can access it in rounds two and three um, because you're not necessarily, I mean, back in the day, right, when when the Bills were doing all their things, like Andre Reid was everything, right? And then you had, you know, James Lofton or, you know, you, you, and, and a lot of teams were like two guys played all the snaps and then this little guy came in and played, you know, all third downs. Nowadays, you see like more distributed snaps among teams. Like I'm okay with teams taking wide receivers, you know, later in the draft. It's just that you have to. Like I think Andy Reid made a concerted effort this year to say, look, none of our wide receivers are going to be really good. They're, the group is going to be really good, and I think that that's a mentality that has to go along with uh, the player acquisition that maybe Buffalo is missing a little bit. Because again, like it's really it's it's weird. It's you know there are phases of successful team building and and we're talking about you know a bills team that's been very successful but the first phase is to get your get your young quarterback a stud wide receiver he can lean on so that you find out whether or not he's good the bills have passed that test the second test is to spread out the risk and make sure that you know because your receiving core is going to be weaker be the right kind of weak with eric eager eric's been on our show many times been gracious enough to to stop by Formerly with PFF, now with Sumer Sports, Eric's new or newer Twitter handle at Eric Eager underscore. Let's look at the Bills here from another angle. So, all right, the roster and what happened, what really was this team at the end. How about in the context, Eric, of the last three years? The two playoff losses in Kansas City and then this game. Part of our conversation has been how to fix what's broken and how much of it is broken. Another part of it has been... These, the correlations that are, you know, maybe a little sketchy here between the AFC championship game to last year and this year. This includes coaching in our conversations and, you know, I don't know, this or that that happened in these games. They're all different. Sunday's game was not not really competitive, you know. Cincinnati really controlled it. So um, would you – I'm guessing this is the case. Would you be sort of reluctant to tie the games together or do the three losses together tell you something important? Uh, you know, I had a, one of my good friends is uh, works at the Chiefs, and you know he he told me after the game last year, he said, "Look, he, he like texted me back. You know, I did the whole hey, that was that was awesome. You know, that was a lot of fun for you guys." And he goes, "I walked by the Bills locker room, and that was a dejected team. That was a team that was out of gas. And you know, it's funny because the Chiefs the next week." Uh, you know, having kind of undergone the same thing, high expectations, you know, really tough second round game. Uh, they ran out of gas against the Bengals. And I think when you look at, you know, when you haven't won the big one and you haven't kind of recycled your roster, now getting Von Miller is a thing, a thing, but he didn't play, you know, this time of year. I think when you, ha- when you try to run it back a number of times, it just, it wears on you. And I think when you, you know, when you take your you, you take your best punch and you punch the best team in the league, and they've beaten Kansas City. I mean, they went on the road this year and they were favored by three and a half, four points against the Chiefs. Like they, they've they've done it the right thing in many ways. But I think the problem is is that 
over time, you, you need, I think, new blood a little bit. And otherwise, you're going to run out of gas. And frankly, going into that game, I said, you know, both of these teams, the Bengals and the Bills, kind of feel to me teams that peaked early in the season and they, they were just kind of running on fumes. Mm-hmm. And I think what we saw was that the, the Bills were running on fumes more heavily than the Bengals were. But I, I think, you know, unfortunately, they probably do need like a rejuvenation. Like they needed to turn the roster over just a little bit to kind of ignite that fire. Even, you know, the same thing happened with Kansas City after 2020. They went to the Super Bowl against the Bucks and they got blown out. And, you know, it's sort of that thing where they're, every single win was a relief for the Chiefs. I, I heard that from within the building. And, you know, and, you know, that wears on you. And I think the Bills are kind of in the same position right now, even though they didn't get the Super Bowl the way the Chiefs did. I think they're still in that same place where you expect to win every single week. And that, those kind of expectations, I think, grind on a roster that has largely stayed the same for the past few years. And the coaching staff has been stable. Well, I mean, of course, offense changed, but Dorsey was here. So I would consider that, you know, there was good continuity there. On the defensive side of the ball, that's where I think maybe there's a thread in the three games. Like the Bills have, you're right, the last two years, actually, they've gone into Kansas City and limited them to 20 points. The playoff games were, well, this year they didn't get them in the playoffs, but, of course, last year and the year before the AFC title game were very different stories on defense. And, like, I'm wondering about freshening that up, a new perspective, another mind to maybe help supplement what McDermott is all about on defense. Nothing against Leslie Frazier. He's had a a fantastic career. But I I feel like just running everything back the same, it runs the risk of sort of settling for hitting your head on the same ceiling over and over again. Well, and and I I tweeted this out because – I actually admire Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier quite a bit. I think. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. McDermott, if you look at our stats at Sumer Sports on Twitter, we it, McDermott in-game is as good as anybody in terms of which fourth downs he goes for, the timeouts he keeps and doesn't keep and all that. And yet at the same time, like he's the one defensive coach who was left among the final eight, uh, you know, defensive background head coach, right? And, you know, there is precedent. I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, you know rose up under Tony Dungy in 1997 uh, right when they got those new uniforms and a- NFC title game in, ni- in 99, you know, uh, hit their head on the ceiling again, you know, subsequent years. And, you know, it wasn't that Dungy was a bad coach, but far from it. In fact, a Hall of Famer and a Super Bowl winner himself. 
but and not that John Gruden was better than him, but uh, there was like a change of kind of, you know, that leader that kind of got them over the hump in 2002. And I'm not suggesting that for the Bills. I'm just saying that anybody who's thinking that uh, is probably being guided by precedent. Eric, how about uh, these games on Sunday? So since we're in the AFC, the lines are all so small. Even the potential Super Bowl matchups are all like a point or two points. I look at the Chiefs. I know you're sort of partial to the Chiefs. Uh, I look at that game, and I've said this a few times this week, that like the Chiefs have lost those games to the Bengals, and like, kind of every fan knows that. But they controlled, or at least led, in, in the second half or even late uh, each of these games. So I, I'm on Kansas City here, minus a point or a point and a half is what it is today. How about you? Yeah, same thing. I mean, it, they controlled the first two games a lot more than they controlled the game in, in Cincinnati this year. I thought the mm-hmm. Bengals really outplayed them. Uh, they got a stop. Um, by Carlos Dunlap on a fourth down at the end of the half. They got a drop by Tyler Boyd. Um, but it, it, be that as it may, they, they battled through and had a you know, 75% chance to win in the fourth quarter of that game. Travis Kelsey fumbled when they were driving up four, and, and that was really a, a, a nail in their coffin there. Um, you know, Andy Reid has really struggled at the in-game decisions against the Bengals. He went, he went for a 55-yard field goal to try to tie the game. About three minutes left, it was really ill-advised. Kick didn't go in. Bengals ran the clock out. So, they, they've had their troubles. I will say this, like this to me, I feel, you know, when I look at the reason I'm betting Kansas City this week, it would be they have all of the sort of spot related things. They have extra rest, right? Last year, the Bengals went into Arrowhead with the extra day of rest. This year, the, Beng- the Bengals played, you know, Sunday, Chiefs played Saturday. Uh, obviously, home field matters in the playoffs and it matters more than it does in the regular season. And to your point, like, I just think, Everybody's looking at the Bengals. The Bengals have thrown for 300 yards once in the last eight games. The, they, last week, they rushed really well against the Bills at 172 yards. Prior to that, it was like 55 yards, 51 yards, 78. Like they had, that was a, a diversion from what, what was normal, uh, basically, since the Chiefs game. Uh, and so I think that you know, things regress a little bit for, for Cincinnati. I even think like the whole running out of gas thing happens in Cincinnati this week. So, yeah, I like the Chiefs. I might be a little bit tilted by my own fandom, but there, there's a lot of fundamental reasons why you know, I could see anything happening in this game, including a Bengals blowout, but I think the Chiefs are the right side, especially now it looks like Mahomes is you know, going to fare pretty well in this one. Yep. How about the NFC? Yeah, I, to me, the, so this is, this is a no-duh thing, but I think it's going to be even more than the, than the base rates, but whoever scores first in this game, I think wins. <laughs> uh, you know, we... we we talk about Philly. The best team that Philly's played is the Detroit Lions team that I bet on all year, uh, and that was in week one. Uh, the best team that the San Francisco 49ers have beaten uh, is the Dallas Cowboys uh, and last week. And that Dallas Cowboys team did not play their A game. So there's a lot of uncertainty about these two. How strong are they really uh, is a really good question. But I think the one thing with the Eagles is when they get behind, they do not play the same style of football, and they don't play it as well. But when they get ahead – boy, can they really just, like, pound a team into submission. So Kyle Shanahan, one of the best coaches in the NFL in terms of on-script play calling, if they get the ball first or, you know, get, get the ball when it's 0-0, they go down and score, I think, I think they win. If they don't and, and Philly gets out ahead, I think Philly will roll because of how good they are running the football and how kind of careless Brock Purdy has been with the football uh, over the past few weeks. What's at stake for Purdy and the 49ers? I mean, obviously a bid to the Super Bowl, I, I know, but – 
Like, has Purdy done enough to be their guy going into next year? They've got Trey Lance there, obviously. I'll assume they'll move on from Garoppolo at some point here, finally, maybe this offseason. Um, what do you think the future is for Purdy? Yeah, I know this one stings a little bit for Bills fans, but I think it's going to be similar to the Giants in 1990, 91, where um, they go into next season with a a competition between uh, Lance and and Purdy, uh, much like Hostetler and and Sims. Like, I I just, you know, and that's, you have two cost control quarterbacks. You you shouldn't move on from either one unless a team comes and blows you away with a trade for Lance, which I don't think they will. Uh, You should just, you know, have the two guys compete. And if, one of them, you know, if, if Brock Purdy beats out Trey Lance, you just write out Trey, write off Trey Lance, trade his variance, and move on. Like, you know, we're all adults here. We can play the better quarterback. And if Trey Lance is better, uh, I think it'll be pretty apparent early in camp. Very good, Eric. Nice to catch up with you again. Uh, enjoy championship weekend. I know you will. I will, guys. Hey, thanks for having me on. This is, this is the best. Thank you. Love uh, to talk to Eric Eager. That was nice. At Eric Eager <laughs> underscore. Yes. And I appreciate that last question because I'm, I've got a draft going. And oh, about I, Purdy and Lance, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lance already went in the fourth round of this draft. This is a super flex draft. It's a tournament. And Purdy has not yet been picked. I might do that in round five. I've already picked Kittle. So No, nice to have them, uh, what, what do they call that? Stacking. Stacking, thank you. Would you yeah. pick Tua? Would you, no. under any circumstances, pick Tua? I think I'm going to, if I can. But I know it's risky. Yeah. I, maybe real, real, real late. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I Hearing today, like, he's still in the protocol. Yep. I, wow. You know, I mean, the way, the, weren't they, I, I think, I mean, whatever. Teams say whatever teams are going to say. But it was like, you know, he's not going to play against the Bills, but, you know, there's still some, there, you know, some chance if they were to advance that he could play or something. And, like, it's just crazy. I guess he's not better yet. I guess not. No, right. I don't mean to chuckle about it. It's just, you know, the, the, the way it was portrayed and, and the reality um, maybe don't, don't, don't jive. But, again, that's, you know, that's just teams telling you what they want to tell you. Championship weekend, Bills postmortem, and our whole first hour on the Sabres, another win and how interesting it is right now. Lines are open for you at 803-0550. After 5, it's going to be tough. We've got Paul and then Alex Gold on the Chiefs. 6 o'clock, we do picks, and we're really going to stretch that out. Right. There's only these two games. I mean, unless we're going to start picking hockey games or something. Hockey power rankings? People have asked for it. That's actually true. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. As self-deprecating as I always am about this thing, people actually have asked for the uh, some yeah. NHL power ranking action. Maybe and Tuesday. It's, it's right to say people, not just one. It's been no, it's multiple, like three. Yeah, right. Yeah. Shh. Many. Some are saying. <laughs> some, some people are asking. Back after the update here. Happy Friday. Mike Shope and the Bulldog WGR. Olsen carries it down. Darlene up top. Shot deflected on net. Tuck can't get it. Olsen scores! Bottom of the circle, near side. That puck popped right onto his stick, and like lightning, it goes into the back of the net to put Buffalo up three to nothing. Victor Olafson, as described by Dan Dunleavy, ten goals in twelve. I love guys like this. Twenty-three goals, six assists. <laughs> hey, I mean uh, you can make a lot of money that way. It's. 
nuts to me. I've mentioned this. I don't think I've mentioned this on the air yet. Um, the year he's having, like, I don't know. He's 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 I don't know, he's got all those goals, of course. Like it's it's awesome, but he's hard, he, he's like nobody's that excited about him, right? <laughs> it's like the other guys are like blowing him away, and he's just like plodding along here, plodding along with with that many. What did you say? How many's he got? Ten now? and twelve. Ten and twelve. It's maybe nine and nine. Not that he scored one in every game, but it might be nine goals in nine games. It's ten and twelve. It's a really nice year, and he's just, you know, not, I don't know. Is he, is he anybody's favorite right now, right, is all I'm saying. Like, it's just he's kind of an afterthought, and I don't know. The Sabres haven't had, they've had seasons well, where they didn't, this would be, like, incredible to have a guy scoring like he's scoring. He's just sort of like he's just a guy. What you, I know what you mean. What you want to do here, and I'm sorry that we maybe can't do this justice right now because I think it could be a fun idea, fun project. You want to rank these guys by their, you know, not popularity exactly, but sort of how they, you want to, you want to rank them, you want to rate them, just coolness or whatever it is. Like here, here's who, here's what you mean. I think Thompson has it going on. Like Thompson is a star in the NHL last night in Winnipeg on their broadcast. They're talking about Mario. Like we've been doing that, mm-hmm. other, Mike Kelly, other people have been doing that. I mean, everybody's having the same conversation with themselves. Can I really say Mario Lemieux? Can that can that actually happen? You know, with those guys were doing that last night. So Thompson is Thompson. Darlene, I mean, Darlene is super hot right now with the year he's having and just one overall, all of it. Darlene, right? We're all good here. We're all mm-hmm. excited about him. Tuck. Being, you know, from Syracuse, Saber fan, the Eichel piece that he's, what Eichel, you know, he's out, Tuck is in, and just a super likable guy. He's way up there. Cousins has this. Hopefully, he's okay. Uh, it was pretty tough. That was my sounds first. Like, sounds like he is. Granado Good. said today. I, I read on Twitter from a couple of reporters that are out there on this trip, and they said he. Uh, Granado said. He could have come back if there were more time left. Like he was, he was okay to come back, which is kind of surprising. Like he looked pretty hurt when he got to the bench, um, uh, but nonetheless. So it seems like he's okay. That was my first time seeing a play where they you come back from commercial and the officials are looking at it, like one of those. Um, so Cousins has he works for fans, really, you know, like that. Um, you know, and there's other guys like there's a next tier of guys maybe after that where you have uh, where Middlestat would be, where Olafson would would be, where maybe where Owen Power would be at this stage, and other guys uh, like on the next tier down. I'm not. This is a raw premise that may not even have deserved any time out of the box, but just sort of like we're getting to know them, we're getting to like them, and. Um, Certain guys have taken hold maybe more than others. I want to mention Skinner. I purposely waited to mention Skinner until now because he. I'm having a great time with his season. Mm-hmm. Just guys like this, guys who get blasted after they get paid because they're not living up to their paycheck, which is almost impossible to do if you're any kind of star in professional sports anymore, even hockey. Like, How's how's a guy going to live up to that? We had it with Vanek. That's a long time ago now. And just like 
the whole conversation changes about them. Watch what's hap- what happens with Allen now, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's been a threshold crossed here with him. But, like, Skinner just had it so bad with his coach, with the fans, everything. Like, what a bust. Can you imagine being locked into that contract? The guy can't score at all. He's a healthy scratch. All of it that happened with him. You got to love, you know, unless you dislike him for some reason, which I never did. Yeah. You got to love what he's doing this year. And just so, that, that, that I think is super cool. And mm-hmm. who, who have I left out here that maybe deserves a minute or two? I don't, Lukanen, maybe people are vibing on him right now because he's, you know, they, they, they've won. Some, he's, he's, he's the thing that changed in goaltending that has sort of seen them get into this race. You know, not that Anderson and Com- like Comrie had a, had a nice night last night, didn't have to do too much, but, um, but no, you, yeah, you covered it. And, and so, like, yeah, Olafson, Middlestat are, these are young guys who have sort of been brought along, like, boy, the, the, you wanted them to claim someone, and I think the next day they claim Jost, and that line works. That, that line is working for them. I mean, to, to the tune that you know, like Olson is scoring like he's scoring, and they 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 they're doing a nice job. But like those guys were, I don't know. It, it's hard for those guys to like reclaim their status as uh, projected stars or like, you know, cornerstones or something. I mean, that was a high pick. Olsen was not, he was kind of a, a, a nut, cool story in that way. Like he just showed up and could really shoot and like, okay, you're on the team. Um, and so they, they have sort of a, I don't know, there's like a stain on them a little bit because they were, they couldn't play five on five. Olsen seemed like a one trick pony. Middlestat's a letdown for a top 10 pick. And, they're pretty good. Like, I'm not saying I wouldn't part with these guys in the right trade. I mean, if San Jose wanted one of them in the Timo Meyer trade, like, you know, I'll drive people to airports if, if you need me, okay? I'm available. But, um, like, w- once they have sort of worked their way into a place where the fan base thinks they're terrible, it can be hard to work your way back out of it. Yeah. Right? And, I like, it's just it struck me I was at the Winnipeg game two weeks ago when Olsen scored was was maybe his seventeenth or eighteenth goal. Or maybe it was against Minnesota a couple of nights before that. Either way, I I, I, I was, you know, sitting there watching the game and I said, you know, there was a time when, when having a guy with sixteen goals halfway through the season would be like, Look at this guy and instead he's just sort of like, you know, eh, whatever. Is but, Ol- is Olafson Coda League? Maybe. Shooter, he Kotalik could have had twenty goals and six assists at yep. some point in his life. Shooter and not like the star, one of the stars. That's a that's a decent comparison. Like style wise, they're a little different. Like Kotalik had the shootout stuff, and Olsen really is just the gun. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's elite. I mean, it is. You know, it's one of the. It's just. It's a. It's a top level shot. There's no arguing that. Um, so I, it's, it's just neat, it's just neat to, to, to have a team that's so good and so many players that fans are vibing on that a guy like him is just sort of like, he's on the, he's, he's, you know, he's in, he, he's in the middle of the paper. He's not on the back page. He's not on the front page. He's just sort of, yeah, yeah, he scored again. That's the third one last night to go three, nothing. And they win three, two, eight Oh three Oh five fifty for your calls. Hey, I had something I wanted to run by you. <laughs> Yeah. I'm thinking about becoming a prankster. 
Aren't you already? No. I mean, do you just hold that for April Fools? I mean, I'm thinking of the time you moved oh. all the stuff in your house around on your wife. So good. Put the bathroom stuff in the kitchen and all that. Like so that's good. that's prankster status. That was yeah. That was a one off. Yeah. That was so good. That was not my idea. I forget right now who's where, where I heard that, but for April Fools, that was the best. My wife hated it. See, here's here's why I'm sort of like thinking about this. She hated it, but she hated it with a smile. Mm-hmm. And now it's a fun memory. Sure. I took all the silverware out of the silverware drawer, all the plates and bowls out of the cupboards, and replaced them with like the the silverware drawer was the toothbrushes and all like the bathroom stuff. And I put my mini helmets in the cupboards where the plates go, like my Super Bowl mini helmets. I'm really laughing. And I know this story, but I love it. So like we much. yes. Took all the coffee cups <laughs> out and put like pillows in there and blankets. It was the best. This was like I, I have that video on my phone. That had to be more than five years ago. I'm thinking of my son. He was there with me, homesick from school. And we're sitting there in the kitchen, just like, Oh, do you want to just look in the cupboard real quick to see if the plate you want to you might want something to eat? You know, we're just do- hoping that she'll look. So yes, that was the best. But I'm I'm listening to a podcast where I don't want to be specific here. One guy is like a real prankster and it's just like elite. But he doesn't seem to get any trouble. He get into any trouble. He seems to just be able to have these people that he's pranking laugh about it. Where they they it's an actor. And they weren't laughing at the time. But I don't know. Like it seems like there's some value in it. So I started making a list of friends. And what might be like fun ways to prank them that they won't hate me for. Yeah. Can't really get them into serious trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, one story was this guy was on a on a set and somebody in the crew was worried about getting caught. He had to take some piece of equipment home with him, uh, like had to leave the set with it and didn't didn't want to report that because he didn't think it was worth the trouble. But he thought like maybe he was going to get caught. He wasn't doing anything, wasn't stealing anything. But he was like this sort of nervous guy. And sort of got around that he was always worried about whether he was going to get caught having been found taking some piece of equipment home. And what this guy did was he worked behind the scenes to like collect all this old computer equipment that wasn't in use anymore. And they got his keys and just dumped it all into his trunk. So he ends up driving... And it must there must have been some sensor or something. He's he's leaving the lot and this like the alarms go off. You know, like that's pretty good. No? Is that like really bad? You can leave me out of it. Really? I I gotta cross your name. You're like the third name on my list. Which I think might might only enhance the chances of you (laughs) wanting to do this to me. I Hate this. Oh I, I, I am not. I am not a merry uh, uh, prank prank victim. I'm not. I. I, I don't. I don't. I have a ton of experience. I, I just like. I. I don't. I don't think I would enjoy that. Okay. Uh, I just. I just, I okay. I'm, I'm just. I'm just warning you. <laughs> I don't think I would enjoy. It. You. You would have to really have the right touch, and I don't yeah. know if I trust you. Okay. Really. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. After all this time. Yeah, I know. Well, in this area, yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't trust don't... myself yet in this area. Like, I don't no. have a, I don't, <laughs> I don't have game yet. I don't have game yet. Right. Well, when, when I'm, when I'm, t- you know what? Leave if me out. You want to, you want to try your, uh, try your action out on, uh, <laughs> on some uh, other friends and get back to me. Like, you know, just hone your skills. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to be experimented upon. I have to I, clear this with you first. I would be, I would, well, I mean, that, that, that defeats the purpose, I guess, really. But I, I don't know. I'm just not, I'm just warning you. Don't, I don't okay. know. Okay. Okay. It could, it could be, it could be problematic. I, all I said was I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I, I think you have to really commit. You have to commit. And then you, you run a prank on somebody and then like you could become a prankster, but you have to do it on a kind of regular basis and you have to be successful. And if you're unsuccessful, like seriously, one time, that could be really bad for you. So anyway, so there's a lot to think about. Just, it just sounds like a lot, of, a lot of time to put in. It does, it's, but I have that. Well, I mean, hopefully. I mean, I have, day to day, I have time to devote to something like okay. this. Yeah. I could learn a language. I could hone my knife skills. That they, they badly need work. Other things I could do. You know, fantasy's dried up. Fantasy's over. That's what it is. Well, it'll be back, though. It'll be back, but not soon enough. So you're thinking in this window of time you've got between <laughs> like fantasy getting really hot that, that you you can take up becoming a, you're going to become a prankster. I might become a prankster with that. I, yeah, that's right. This is a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm almost committed to the idea. Now I always right. have to do it. Right. All right, just throwing it out there. 5 o'clock, Paul Hamilton, 5.30, Alex Gold. 6 o'clock, picks. There's two games. I don't know. We'll probably talk about other things, too, like this or something. 803-0550 is the number. Mike Shope and the Bulldog, WGR. Welcome back. Happy Friday. Talking a lot of Sabres today. Paul Hamilton coming up for his comments. We'll have Alex Gold out of Kansas City at 5.30. Alex came to mind for me today when I saw him tweet at me about a poll uh, that we had up, who do you want to win the game, Chiefs-Bengals? And it was 69% Chiefs. And he tweeted, like, really? He, <laughs> he wondered if I was surprised by that, and I said I was. I don't know if that's the final tally or anything, but mm-hmm. would you expect Kansas City to win that poll? Um, I think maybe, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think we're, we're as nice as the vibes between the fan bases were uh, with, you know, with, with the way things were handled after what happened to DeMar Hamlin. Um, I feel like they came in here and kicked us in the face and then, you know, made all this ruckus about the ticket thing and everything. I, I don't know. I think they, they, they took a turn very quickly. They beat the bills uh, most recently. The chiefs have beaten the bills 
but that was a year ago, right? I mean, I, 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 th- I think the so I, 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 I'm not surprised. I, I'm still tight. You can tell I can't even tell you what I want to do with this game. Well, like who it, I who I want to win, but I don't think no, I don't. It does not surprise me because the Bengals are the most recent team that ruined our dreams. Yeah, like Kansas City winning. If you look at it this way, Kansas City winning doesn't do anything to help the Bills look good. You know, like Cincinnati took them out, and if the Chiefs beat the Bengals even decisively, that's just sort of now I'm that far away. I mean, that's not really how it has to be, but I think that that's how it would be looked at. Uh, by many, and then if Cincinnati wins, maybe that feels a little bit better. You know, I could I could imagine a couple of guys watching this game, and the Bengals win, and the one guy goes, you know, they were first in the or last reverse AFC power rankings on WGR since like early December. So I guess they are the best team in the AFC. That's how you know you can look at it as a fan when the team that beats you wins it all. You know, maybe you feel better about yourself. Yeah, yeah, I, I certainly get that. Um, I, I wonder if there's not a little. I mean, not not that you could really, with any in any credible way, assert that the Bills are still ahead of the Bengals if they lose to the Chiefs. But it it would have you'd avoid Burrow going to two straight Super Bowls, beating Mahomes a fourth time in a row, um, and. I don't know, you, you might feel like Allen is closer to being ahead of Burrow than if Burrow, if, if Burrow, if they win, then there's almost no question, right? Then then it's like, I think you feel like, I think I said this yesterday, right? There's Brady and Manning, and I've got Roethlisberger. Whereas if Burrow loses this game and doesn't go to a second straight Super Bowl, he's he's closer to you than than if he wins this game. And maybe you want that. You can't touch Mahomes. Um, you know, even if Mahomes loses loses this game, he's going to be the MVP. You're you're not you're not tracking him down before next season. And I don't think you're really doing that with Burrow or the Bengals either. But they're closer. Like you're you're keeping them closer to you. Kansas City is who I've been chasing for three years already. So I have to keep chasing them. I'm still going to be chasing the Bengals, but maybe it won't feel like as much of a feat if they don't make the Super Bowl the second year. AFC Super Bowl quarterbacks working backward. Mahomes or Burrow? Burrow. Mahomes. Mahomes. Brady. 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 Manning. Brady. Manning. Flacco. Brady. Roethlisberger. Manning. Roethlisberger. Brady. Manning. Roethlisberger. Brady. Brady. Gannon. Brady. (laughs) Thank you for the emphasis on Gannon. Like, not not a lot of different names. Paul, next. Mike Shope and the Bulldog, WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.